Hey, Kuyon. I got to go bow fishing, y'all, with my boys, Hey Hooper and Hey Corey. On this episode, we sit down and we talk about the trip. And if you've never been before or you never heard about it, you're in for a treat because we're going to explain to you everything you need to know about it. Everything from the boat to the bow and arrow to even what to look for in the water. Kuyon Classroom's in session, and I'm about to learn you a thing of three. What's up, dude? Hey, Hooper. What's up, man? Hey, you rock. What's happening, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, man. It's uh, Hey, Hooper, my buddy, Tim Hooper. Hey, Corey. Y'all already all know him. And, of course, me, Hey, E-Rock. And tonight, we all hanging out, and we just wanted to talk about a little boat fishing trip that we went on last night with Hey, Hooper. He got himself a, a nice little mud boat and a lease out in Golden Meadow. Golden Meadow. Golden, Golden Meadow. Meadow. What, what's that from? A little DJ Red. A little DJ Red throwback. There you go. Yeah, if you don't know, now you know. Anyway, so Golden Meadow, where that's at? Man, For the people that don't know. The, that's down the bayou. That's down the bayou. Boy, that's way down there. Way down there. So just by just just up the road or up the bayou from Leesville or Leeville, uh, off Highway 90, all the way down the road, down the four lane. And then everybody knows Golden Meadow. You got to watch your speed, right? Well, there's probably going to be a couple of people that's not from Louisiana. They don't know, but... Yeah, so you basically, we late, we go about 20 minutes west of here from where we at in St. Charles Parish. Get on, is that Highway 1 or is it 308? Well, it's 308, and then it merges. Well, you can go either way, but either they, way. They, they eventually connect. Yeah. yeah, and it just goes south towards All the Gulf. South. Highway 90, you can exit at either 308 or, or LA1 and go south. Yep, just going south. Matter of fact, now I'm thinking about it, they got a dude that uh, I'm actually TikTok friends with, uh, Cajun Blood. I think I think he lives back down that way. We had posted a video a long time ago when we went boat fishing over there, and he was like, "Man, you in my neck of the woods." I probably should have messaged him or something yesterday, but anyway, I digress. So, what's up, Cajun Blood? Anywho, so you got a lease over there, right, Tim? I do. I've uh, been a lease down there for a couple of years. Primarily started out as a duck lease, but then quickly found out the fishing was phenomenal. Yeah. And actually, now we do more fishing than anything out there. Yeah, it's because the birds aren't exactly plentiful. That is true. Yeah, I know the last the last couple of times me and you went over there, we only got to kill a, or shoot at a couple of birds. A morganser. <laughs> it, it wasn't even, I don't even think. But anyway, yeah, so the hunting's good. It, well, the hunting's decent over there, but the fishing is really where it's at. That's where a lot of fun is. But it's really just a big old marshy area. Lots of water, lots of that grass that's out there, that marsh grass. Saltwater marsh. Yeah, saltwater marsh. All them fish like to get up in there. And that beautiful smelling marsh mud. Oh, boy. Lord of mercy. Yeah, That's right. something. Too bad we don't have smell-o-vision on here because until you have smelled a little chopped up marsh mud that come out into the air, oh, you don't know what you're missing. It's beautiful. I know. It's, I kind of <laughs> like it, too. I'm like, ooh, that shit stank, but it stank so good. Yeah, because yeah, right. we, that smell just tells, you know, you know when you smell that, you're doing something fun. you either duck hunting, fishing, doing something. Yep. Right. And just to kind of elaborate on that, if people don't know, so whenever we go do this, it's usually really shallow water. So you're talking anywhere from six inches to a foot and sometimes even less than that. So it does take a special boat to get back there because, you know, when you when your props are in the mud, you're not getting any kind of water or anything like that, which a typical outboard motor would have with that water cooled. So you've got big air cooled engines on your boat. Exactly right. We got uh, so on this on my boat, I have two air cooled engines, Gator Tails, um, a great company from here in South Louisiana, just yep. out of Lafayette, uh, make a excellent product. 
Um, so engines, and it's a gator tail boat, 20 foot by 72 gator tail. Uh, so it's basically, uh, if you're not familiar with a gator tail boat, it's just a, it's a flat boat, extremely flat, uh, totally flat on the bottom. Uh, there's no V in it. And then two air, like you said, air cooled engines. So the big thing with the air cooled engines is most outboards need water that it sucks in to, uh, cool the engine. That's how it cools. Well, these being in the mud, the shallow water, it can't get that, that water into the engine to cool it. So they're air cooled. Right. So you kind of got these little, I don't even know what kind I was about to say Briggs and Stratton. That's what we used to have on the old putt putts, yeah, but, but this one still is. Yeah. Oh, it is Briggs yep. and Stratton. Yep. yep. Okay. So, but what is it like a, what kind of horsepower? 25, 30 horsepower? No, these are 37 there. And the, the ones I have are uh, fuel injected. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's way beyond the mold Briggs that we used to it's have. It's not your old lawnmower engine. <laughs> no, definitely right. not. But it's kind of, it's got like a little shaft that comes down and then kind of angles out into the water for, uh, for those big props. Matter of fact, I did a video before we went, me and Corey and, and Hey Hooper, we did a little TikTok video. So if you go follow my TikTok, you'll see a little video where I kind of showed what the boat looks like. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice setup. So it's, it's got a really nice wide bottom and it also has a nice deck over by the light so that whenever we're up there, we, we could fish three comfortably around there. So, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a nice setup for sure. Well, yeah. So so you, you just mentioned the lights. You, you got to have the lights right. See, so so not all gator tails outfitted like Tim's. Tim's has LED True. lights all around this thing, super bright, shining in the water, so you can see the fish. Yeah, that took a lot of uh, trial and error. So this is my second gator tail. I started with a 17 foot gator tail um, tiller handle. Started with the bow fishing stuff on that one. Uh, started with a high pressure sodium light. So people that are into bow fishing, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, it puts more of an amber color out. Great, excellent, excellent light for bow fishing, but. It takes a lot of power to power those lights. And it's super hot. Super hot. Exactly right. <clears throat> it takes a lot of power, a lot of amperage uh, to run those lights. So with a bigger boat, you need more lights. The problem is, is you just can't power that many lights without a huge generator. So now the technology we use, I run LED lights. It's a 100-watt LED lights. Uh, custom fits. Excellent light. Did a lot of research on those. Really, really good lights. And those have that same yellowish tint like you were talking about, right? Exactly right. So LEDs, when they first, you know, started, and, and it, let's talk about the light a little bit here. So that amberish color light, the what's so good about it is it penetrates the water really well. Uh, the very clear uh, white lights, LEDs. The problem is, is any kind of particulate or anything in the water, it just makes it more cloudy and you can't really see through it. So it's brighter, but you can't really penetrate the water. So that amber color light penetrates a lot better. Um, so now with the technology, they're making uh, LEDs that are that same wavelength of light as those high pressure sodium lights. So it it's very close to those high pressure sodium lights. So it's, it's a little bit better, you know, to see and penetrate the water. So with that said, a lot of trial and error, all that was done custom. Um, Everything from the height of the rail, it's all removable. Uh, pretty much like Corey said, goes all the way around the boat. 18 lights on the boat. It's a it's a really good setup. Put a lot of effort into it. Uh, you know, a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So those the LEDs, like you were kind of talking about a minute ago, they, they don't really take a whole lot of power like those high-pressure sodiums. I know when you and I used to go, before you had this setup, those, those lights, they worked well, but they were really hot. We didn't have as many. And then you had a a big old generator on the back that was like loud. loud as all get out. <laughs> yeah. So now you got the whole new setup with the LED lights. You don't need that big nasty generator. So you bought you a little Westinghouse, a little bitty baby 
just a small generator. But boy, that thing's so quiet. You can't even hear the generator. All you hear is the motors running. You, yeah, and you don't even, you end up not noticing that it's running. Yeah. So, so that was interesting. That took a lot of uh, trial and error too and seeing what worked well. So my whole thing with this boat was also I wanted to be able to rig everything out by myself as a one person. So the bigger generators, even, you know, the inverter type generators now, the bigger ones, uh, anything over 3,000 watts, it's they're, they're upwards around 100 pounds. And to get that on and off a boat, it's, it's kind of hard. So that Westinghouse was the perfect, it's that suitcase-type generator, yep. but it, it still weighs, um, but it produces 2,300 watts, so it's enough to run all the lights. It only weighs so about perfect. 50 pounds. Yeah, about 50 pounds. Yeah, the only problem light. with it is that it requires a 150-foot cord. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's Tim's doing, that big cool yarn. And an extra you. gallon of gas. <laughs> Well, Which yeah. We didn't, we well, didn't see, that's use. the other thing with the little baby generator. It's got a little baby gas tank. The first time we took it out, this knucklehead, we ran out of gas, man. We we were just getting hot on the fish. We were just about to get that on that thing. Yeah, golly, I was like, Tim, hey, uh, the generator's out. You got some more gas? He's like, uh, nope. You big couillon. What's wrong with you, boy? But we didn't do that this time. We brought a gas can, even though we didn't need it. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But anyway, the, 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 be- the best part about it, though, to me, is that if you're driving and I'm out on the front deck, me and Corey, we don't have to yell because the last yeah. time the generator was so loud, you couldn't really even talk to each other because it was just like man, you, you hollering over the generator. So that was the biggest thing for me is that it's so quiet. Now we can just. Yeah. And fun. with this one, you can play music and hear the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you talked a little bit about having that the low rails on the lights explain to people what that means about why it's important to have the low rails versus a higher rail. Yeah. So the higher, the higher the rail, the better for the lights. Um, it gives you a better angle on the fish and the light. And and the rail is actually, we would try to paint a picture for those that can't really see or never seen one. The rail is what comes above the top of the boat that holds the lights. That's the rail we're referring to. Yeah. Good explanation. Um, Maybe like a handrail, but really, but shin level. Yeah, it's about mid shin. Yeah. Yep. So the the important part of that is the higher they are, the better they are for the the way they angle and shine the light down. But the negative part is the higher they come, you have to shoot over this rail, right? Bow and arrow shooting over a rail leads into a little more talk, and we'll get into it. But the type of bows we use. The problem though is, is that we're using compound bows. When you draw back a compound bow, that that bow compounds it, it shrinks a little bit when you when you release the arrow it can expand and it expands very rapidly and it, if it hits that rail you can damage the bow or hurt yourself so finding that right height of that rail was key and i, th- I think we got it yeah the other thing too is if that rail is kind of low like it may be you know a foot or so a foot and a half off of the the front deck of the boat and a lot of times whenever we're not seeing fish and you're kind of resting holding that that bow and arrow in your, in your arms. There was a few times where you're, you're almost kind of resting it on that rail. Whereas if that rail was higher and you saw a fish and you went to swing that thing up, I guarantee you would be smacking that rail or smacking your hands. What everybody does and how everybody smacks the bows is it's natural. When you're, when you draw and you're looking at a fish, you draw it back when you're standing fully erect. But when you look at that fish, Tim said erect. <laughs> Tim, that's another show, bro. Not this one. Uh, so anyway, um, back to the adult conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you look at that, as you're trying to shoot the fish, everybody leans towards the fish. Mm-hmm. As you as you hold that 
that arrow back, you just lean closer and closer to the water. So you get closer and closer to the rail. You let it go, and then it hits the rail. Yeah, that's, and that's pas bon, yeah. See, what I did is just because, you know, you could think, well, it's mid-shin height, or you can trip over it. But what I did is I put my shin up against it just to give myself yeah. a reference of where the edge of the boat was yep. and just kind of use that. Yeah, and that's kind of what I did too because, you know, when you – when you're looking for the fish, sometimes you're not paying he's, attention to that rail. Well, yep. while Tim's driving and we we are shooting, you know, he's sometimes on the accelerator, off, puts it in gear, takes it out of gear. So sometimes, if you're not ready for it, you know, you kind of get that rocking back and forth. But when I had my shin propped up against that rail, even when he did do that, I was able to kind of like I knew where the edge of the boat was. Right. So it actually perfect yep. because with it being low, your first thought is, oh man, what happens if I trip over this and fall in the water? But and we've been bow fishing a bunch of times already. And I, me personally, I think it's perfect because it's not banging your knee. Yeah. You can stay steady and you don't bang the bow on it. So, no. and Tim ran into a couple of islands with it and we still didn't follow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, another thing, man, I can't say enough about Gator tail, just amazing product. And, and it, when I love about it is it's a good South Louisiana company, man, just, just yep. excellent company, uh, what they produce. And then, their customer service is unbelievable. I had one for a few years too, and I tell you what, I, I had to take it in once um, for some the ends the shaft on the engine broke. Corey said shaft. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's wrong. With but um, you know, I took it to them, and well, I had ended up putting a carburetor on it, did a couple things to it, and kind of jerry rigged my my own fixes to throttle and all that stuff, and. Uh, so I brought it in there. They replaced the shaft and the motor. And then everything that I had just rigged up stupidly to make the new carburetor work and everything, they fixed all that, made it all nice and neat, and just gave it back to me. I was like, damn. Yeah, they definitely nice. didn't have to do that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's every time I bring my boat there. It, it, stuff that I didn't even yeah. know was wrong or didn't even look at, they always take care of it. Unbelievable company, yeah. man. Where yeah. are they? Aren't they towards Lafayette? Bruce, somewhere? Lauraville. 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 That's right. right that's outside right. of uh, Lafayette. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was in that area somewhere. So. Yeah, right before you get to Lafayette. Okay. On Highway 90. Cool. Right off Highway 90, yep. North of Highway 90, right before left, or I guess that would be uh, just east of Lafayette. Yeah. So let's kind of get into the bows that we use and how it actually works. I know most people have probably seen a bow before. I know what a compound bow is. But um, just explain to them how, because bow fishing, if you don't know, is a combination. This is why it's so fantastic. This is why I love it. I love fishing. I love hunting. And this is a perfect combination of both. And to be honest, if you look at all of those hunting, fishing, all that fun stuff, this is, bow fishing is probably the most fun that I've ever had sporting like that. Because when it you combines get into both. the fish, you get a lot of action. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's super fun and I mean, let me tell you something about here what's unique in louisiana especially south louisiana bow fishing there is no other place like that bow fishing um it's big around all over the country but it's i don't want to say it's it's people shoot a lot of fish that you don't don't eat or not great table fare uh but here in south louisiana we have the right conditions for good it's great fish to eat uh some of the best fish it's all salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the right conditions. Because a lot of other coastal uh, states and, and cities, they don't have the marsh like we do. Right. So the, all those conditions don't line up, the, you know, the, the area. So it's just perfect here in South Louisiana. I mean, it's not a better bow fishing spot. It's sportsman's paradise. Sportsman's paradise. But just kind of going back to something you said, Corey, you ever heard somebody refer to saltwater fish as 
good table fare? Dude, I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I was. He said that and he threw me for a loop. I ain't never heard nobody say that before. <laughs> that but dude hey, said table fare. Tim, you way too bougie. Yeah. Way too bougie. So anyway. So damn good eating fish is what it is. Exactly. It's because I'm a yak, man. I'm <laughs> oh, you a yeah. from up the road. That's true. That's true. So but, where, where Eric was going with this is, to, so for people who don't know, how is the bow fishing bow different than a normal bow? Yeah, so the big thing with a bow fishing bow is, one, we use a compound bow for, for what we do. Uh, a, a lot of people do uh, use recurves, but we use compound bows. But what separates a bow fishing bows from other compound bows, it's a, usually a lot lighter draw weight. So your typical, you know, hunting, a bow that people hunt with uh, for deer and what have you is, you know, 75 to 95, a lot higher pound draw weight. We're using 35, and then we can turn it down even less than that because you're, you're shooting – um, two feet, three feet from a fish, and then you're shooting in an, a foot or two of water, and you guys have seen it, obviously, a bunch. You shoot, if you miss the fish, or even sometimes when you hit the fish, that arrow buries in the mud, mm-hmm. soft mud. And sometimes so, it's hard to get out of that ball. Yeah, exactly right. And that's with a 35-pound draw. Yeah. So a lot lighter draw um, because th- those arrows are going in the mud, and you're shooting it. I don't know. How many times y'all think y'all shot the boat oh, last night? I don't know, but according to the split on the side of my finger and the little blister I got on this side, Hundreds. I shot it a lot. But, yeah, and just to kind of build off of what you're saying, um, you know, what, what the draw weight he's talking about, in case you don't know, is the like if you said it was 75-pound draw rate, that means that it, it's about a 75 pounds worth of force in order for you to pull that drink, that string all the way back or draw it back. And that's kind of what we're talking about. The more draw weight you have, and when you release it, the more force behind that arrow, the further it's going to go, the faster it's going to go. And that's kind of why we keep it a little lower, just like Tim was well, kind of talking so about. So if you that. think about it, if you go on deer hunting or hunting for any big game, you're going to pull that thing back once, right. twice at the most. Yeah. We're pulling it back 50, 60 times to shoot these fish. Yeah. That's, you can't pull. You're not going to pull. Well, especially when you suck like we do. Back especially when you suck like times. we do. We And you see fish, we're going to pull it back a whole lot more than <laughs> some right. other people do. I think I pulled it back 100 times. <laughs> I killed like <laughs> six fish. Yeah, yeah, it's probably definitely. accurate. I mean, uh, probably 100 times. So the, okay. other, the yeah. other thing that's cool about it is it's a combination. So you got the bow, you got an arrow, but you also have a reel on it. But the reel is different than a fishing reel because it's kind of like a it, it's free spinning, but it has a break. So tell us a little yep. bit about that too. Uh, so there are some that look more like a traditional Zebco reel, but right. the ones I like using, uh, I think it's AMS is, is is they call them bottle reels. So yeah, yeah, I like it, those. It doesn't even look like a really. A is it because reel? it literally has a bottle on the reel? Uh, man, I don't know. That's so, so smart. Man, it's great table fare. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so so it free spools. So the line just goes out with the arrow. So when you shoot the arrow, the line just follows the arrow or it goes with the arrow. And then to reel it in, you have to press a brake. So you, you press the brake and which engages it and then you reel it in. Yeah, so like if you ho- if I'm holding the bow at my left hand, right where my fingers would extend, I can kind of slightly pull on that brake. It's just a real light brake. It's a light. Yep. And then I can reel it with my right hand. The line literally reels into a bottle. Yep. yep. And the line goes into a bottle. Right. I think they call it, uh, that line is uh, Dacaran. Yeah. 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 Um, Mike said it was Dacron. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yep. So obviously the string is tied to the arrow itself, but it's got like a little slide on it. So it's got a little chit all the way on the back. 
that's kind of screwed in that way the slide doesn't come off the arrow obviously because once that once we do harpoon the fish we got to pull it in or reel it in so um that that's one thing that's a little bit different but let's talk about that arrow now too yeah because the tip is different than your normal arrow yeah yes much different so how's that work just the tip just, yeah, just the tip is different yeah, the arrow itself and the, shaft, it's all different. and the ones that i put on stay on Oh, Jesus, Lord. We're going to get into that in a minute, but just, just please explain. Just the tip. Please anyway, explain. So in general, uh, there's a couple different types like everything, but the way it works is is when you when you shoot a fish, that, that arrow head goes in, and it's got two big barbs on it so that you can't pull, so the fish can't get off. The, yeah, so it, it's kind of like, like a V, like a v. where the open Typically, part of the V can't is... can't get off, but well, uh, yeah. every time Tim grabs the arrow... Right, somehow so, the fish miraculously gets off. Exactly. So if you would imagine at the very end of this arrow, there is a point, and right behind that point, which is that tip, is there's a V that's kind of opening towards you. So that way, when you hit the fish, <clears throat> oh excuse me, got a got a frog in my throat. So when you hit the fish and it goes through the fish, that V won't allow the arrow to come back, so that you can reel it back in. Yep. All right. So then, supposed after you, to not. The tip could fall off. It could be bent. There's all kind of <laughs> shit. Well, it depends on if you put it on there with Gorilla Goo. <laughs> Faulty Gorilla Goo. Gorilla Goo works great on hair, but apparently not on not arrow on tips. arrows. Well, yeah. on, on mine it did, but we'll get to that. But, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So then, what's really unique about it is you shoot when you shoot the fish. You know, um, it goes through the fish, hopefully, and then. Now that V or that, those barbs that are keeping it from uh, the fish getting off, what you have to do now is you have to get it off. You have to get it out of the fish. So the the very tip of the arrowhead spins. Just you the turn tip. clockwise. Yep. Unscrew it. Unscrew it. And then the barbs reverse. That V reverses. And then you just pull it out the exact same way that it went through the fish. Yep. And it slides right off. And you slide it right in the ice chest. Right in the ice chest. Yeah, I just kind of unscrew it, flip the V around. Open the ice chest and then just hang the fish over. Shake it one time. Yeah, it's done deal. I was well, wondering what size ice chest was that. It's 120 quart. We filled that sucker. Filled yeah. it. Filled it over up. Over then filled it. Then we had some that didn't even fit all the way in there. We had to bend them in order to get in there. But we we hit some hammers last and night. And we had to clear out our hammers. beer ice chest and use that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, luckily, so, it was mostly empties, but we yeah. cleared it out pretty good. Yeah. So we had to clear the water that was left in it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, we got to do another trip, man. We still got water left. Huh? Oh, yeah. Okay, not we're, a problem. I'm always, we're always going to have extra water. <laughs> always right. extra water. So now that we've painted a picture of the equipment that we use and what it looks like when we're on the water, let's talk about how it looks like and how we actually fishing. What are we looking for? We talked about the lights. Now we have the the weapon of choice or our fishing reel, however you want to look at it. And tell us a little bit about that. What is that? What are we looking for? How does that look? Yeah. So w- what you're looking for is you're, you're just coasting along. You're looking for that, you know, two foot or less water, maybe three foot. It depends on the quality of the water, man. There's so many things that go into play with that. Um, falling tides, incoming tides, uh, out in Golden Meadow, Golden Meadow, that southeast, Golden Meadow. We get a southeast wind, as you saw yesterday. We had a north wind. The wind turns out of the southeast for a day, and man, the water was just crystal clear. Yep. So, with that said, is depending on how clear the water is. When the water's clear, you can you can fish in a little bit deeper water. But generally speaking, you normally normally, but not last night. Normally, you hug the marsh, the grass, if mm-hmm. you will. 
people that don't, you know, haven't been in a marsh. Right. You just you you you're going through the waterways. You're following close to the grass line. The reason you're fly, uh, following close to the grass line is because generally speaking, the water is more shallow as you get closer to the the bank. Uh, although last night we shot a lot more fish out in the open water. Yep. And I don't know why that is. Maybe somebody can give us a comment of. I don't know, and I don't care. I'm gonna be yeah, honest right. with you. Yeah, now, right. now none of the water was real deep, so even though it wasn't well, that's true, right, yeah. along the marsh, yep. it was still not any deeper than two, two and a half feet. At yeah, the and, most. And, and at some points it was crystal clear, like you could. Yeah. I mean, clear. you can see the ripples in the mud on the bottom. Yep. And then when we got towards some of the deeper area where we were killing all the fish yesterday or last night, it wasn't quite as clear, but it was clear enough where you could still see the bottom pretty good. Yeah. Right. So I think that makes a big difference. So when so we just had a lot more area to fish last night because of the clarity of the water. Yeah. Um, because some of those spots we might have not been able to see the fish as well. And then as you get better, then you'll even see on nights that you can barely see the fish because the water is not clear. You'll just see the outline of a fish. Yeah. And then that's when you really when you start to become a really good bow fisherman or, or doing a lot, you'll be able to see those things in the water. Yeah. You, some people it's, don't even like you realize can, a fish. That's a fish. Yeah. You can kind of see. I don't want to really want to say a silhouette because it's not yeah, dark, it's but it's like a yeah. grayish kind of color and, and it kind of moves a little and then you can really make out the outline of that shape yep. of the fish so you know where it's at. But last night we didn't have to do that because you can clearly, Crystal you can see the spots on the tail, everything. Boy. But based Crystal. on what I saw last night, I wouldn't call us really good bow fishermen. Oh, well, I mean, it's all <laughs> relative. So, you know. But look, you know, I mean, so there's a couple things that I, that I want that I want you to talk about or want us to talk about is one where you have to aim to hit those oh, fish. Yeah, oh yeah. That's where I was going to next. So and then you, number two, all the different species you see and yeah. identifying what yeah. you want to shoot. And like what a you, shoe pick. What you don't want to shoot. Right. Yeah. Well, what, if you want why don't you go ahead and talk about how we got to aim because it's not, yeah. it's not very intuitive. It kind of screws with you the first time when you're out there. So yeah, this was my second time. First time we went, when did we go? A couple months ago. Yeah, it was before. I, I I I gauge everything in duck season, so it was before last duck season. Okay, so yeah, that's fair. Or this duck season, that's fair. Maybe October or something like that. We we went and uh, that was my first time. This was, and and we didn't do too well. Um, water was kind of dirty, a little bit choppy. Wind picked up. We ran f- out of gas. We killed a few fish and ran out of gas in the generator. But um, this trip was really good. But um, so. Everybody knows, well, or everybody doesn't know, right? Light refracts um, underwater. Um, so the fish you're looking at, there's not a direct line between your arrow and that fish. If you aim at the fish, you're going to miss it. You're yeah, going to miss it way high. You're going to miss it high. That's right. Because it looks like it's right under the, the surface of the water, but it's not. And the depth of the water makes a difference, right? Yep. So the deeper it is, the more that light is going to refract the Further below the fish, you're going to have to aim in order to hit it. It really messes with your your mind because, man, you line that shot up and you want to aim at that fish. Mm-hmm. And my first five times, I'm aiming at the fish and I know yeah. I have to go underneath it. And I'm just like, that's bullshit. I'm not going underneath <laughs> right. it. So when you and it were, goes way yeah, over. Yeah, I know the, the couple of first ones that you shot, when, you, when you're kind of looking at it, it's hard to tell. But when I'm watching you shoot... And I'll say, oh, Corey, that, that was way over that fish. Yeah. So you, you kind of try to have to find oh, that man. little happy spot. You hey, got to trick s- yourself. You want to hear something pretty interesting, man? So, so I do a lot of uh, driving the boat. 
which uh-huh. I think is the most important and most critical aspect of the whole thing. But and look, I'm going to tell you <laughs> how much we appreciate you for letting us shoot all night last night while you drove the boat. Tim, you the man. <laughs> anyway, so as I get to watch and sit back and watch everybody shoot, like Corey was saying, I think it's something, can you know, that, that muscle memory, if you will. So you know, even someone that knows I have to aim low, I'll watch people draw the bow back, aim low, and the second they're releasing that arrow, it it comes up. Just that slight bit comes mm-hmm. up. And I think it's it's not it's not that you're changing your aim. It's just that connection from your brain yeah. to your hand. Yep. And then when you hit that first fish, which I encourage everybody, look, when you get out there, shoot anything for the first time. Because I think it makes that connection between your brain and your yep. your your hand to to lock it in saying, hey, this is where I have to aim. That's yeah. exactly right. Because, you know, we all grew up shooting BB guns, pellet guns, and, you know, we're hitting robins and squirrels and all that stuff. And then and you get older, deer hunting and everything. And you're aiming and you want that crosshair directly on right. that animal. Yep. And when you're doing this, you're, you're exactly right. You miss it your first few times. But when you tell yourself, okay, aim at the fish, got it dead on, now I'm going to drop it six to eight inches, and you let it go and you hit the fish, it clicks in your brain then. And like, okay, now I know it doesn't make sense to my brain, but that's what you have to do to hit the fish. Yeah, And then even sometimes it makes it even harder because the fish, you don't really want to take a whole lot of time. You got to hurry up and pull that thing back and let it go because you're only going to have a couple of seconds before that fish realizes, oh, there's some humans up there. They're trying to kill me and they got haul ass. They're out of there. So you got to get it up, find them, let it go. Yep, let them fly. Yep. So that's another interesting thing. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what do y'all think the percentages of hitting fish? Thirty percent for us? Well, for us, like well, ten. Well, well, look, I, I say that, but look at Mike, uh, my friend Mike, that went with us. Is a fourth guy with us last night. Hunts a lot, right? He does Hunts a lot, lot, lot of, of hunting, a lot of shooting. Dude is an excellent shooter. He was probably thirty percent. Yeah, look, but he's not a closer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's an ex and we'll get to that later yeah of course eric closed out tonight. exactly so um but eric uh mike is an excellent bow fisherman too i mean he's been fishing for ye- years bow fishing for years he you know he was telling us last night they used to um he was down there in hopedale his family had a nice camp down there and as he was younger they'd go bow fishing three nights a week i mean this dude can shoot a bow um you know out of the water in the water it doesn't matter um, and even Mike last night, what, 30% maybe? I'd say, yeah, yeah probably. So well, he started off hot. He did, he did. He did. Well, I actually started off, I hit, hit my first few. That's right. And then did. I went on a, just a tear of missing. Yeah, and I was the and, opposite. And you, Eric was the opposite. well, you missed your first several. Yeah, I missed I a bunch. I hit my first several, and yeah. then you and I swapped positions. Yeah. I, I, I missed a bunch, and you you were tearing it up. Yeah. So to tell people how, how hard it is, you're moving. The fish is moving. Yep. And you're shooting an arrow into the water at night. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, a lot of variables. A yeah, lot exactly. of variables. And, and that fish is not usually, I mean, y'all have seen it. I love it. It's, you, you, you see this huge red fish, beautiful. You can see the spots on them. You draw back, you go to let that arrow fly. And just as you're letting go of the arrow, he decides to turn yep. or take off. Yep. Man. Or even the them sheephead that we saw. Well, y'all are Man. talking about redfish and sheephead. Oh, yeah. We Get haven't talked you, about what yeah, species yeah. we're going after, right? What species make good table fare oh jesus christ yeah so oh, i mean man, that, wait wait hold on that's a whole nother subject that we can get a lot of cuyons very 
you know, blood hurt. Yeah. About I'm going to tell you, so I'm gonna, look, not. I'm going to put it out there, man. I will take fried redfish any day over speckled trout. I know I just heard a lot of feelings. Oh, you might any have. Day. Well, I mean, I'm more of a freshwater guy. I love oh. bass, sockele, but I'm not going to turn away fish because I love fish. So if you want to put it on a half shell, if you want to fry it, if you want to bake it, Dude, I'm in. I, I'm. I am not hating whatsoever. So when we, you know, so before we take off and we're going out there, we we heading down to Golden Meadow. Golden Meadow. Golden Meadow. The and the idea in your mind is that we're going bow fishing for redfish. Redfish, right? Yeah. right? Typically, but this is this is saltwater marsh, but not super salt. Like you're out in the Gulf salt kind of right. brackish, so you can get some freshwater fish, which we did see and we did get a few last night. But you're going out there looking for redfish. That's yeah. that, that's the the main goal. But, but you man, get a lot what's of, so awesome yep. about our coast and our marsh is the variety of great table fare fish that you see. <laughs> oh, and so, so let's go over what we what we did see. So we saw redfish, of course. Yep, and the red drum people that don't yep. you know, yeah, like because like Louisiana, we got fish, special right, names but, for everything. Yep, red of drum. We we saw black drum, black drum, and got, got some black drum, yep. sheephead, yep, and we sheep's got sheephead, head, my, one of my favorite man. Uh, yeah, and um, we also saw. Do we saw a lot of stingrays last night? I couldn't believe how many stingrays. I think we it was saw. because of clarity of water, man. Oh yeah, because typically they lay really flat yeah. and they're almost the same color as the bottom, so it's hard to see. So maybe that is why. But man, I, if we didn't see fifty stingrays, we didn't see a so one. A lot of stingrays now. Garfish, which we're not going after, but they're there, and there are tons but that's, of garfish. If anybody ain't yep. ever seen a garfish before, that's Man. a that is a modern day dinosaur. Yeah, that thing is amazing. And, and we and, saw and most of the ones we see out of there that alligator gar. Yeah, and, yeah, and we and saw big. some big. Ones. Yeah, big so ones. you'll see some that might be like a foot, and they might be. What'd you think about like maybe five six inches five, around, six inches, if yeah. that? Yep. And they're kind of like tubular, so they're a longer yeah. fish. But we did see some. We monsters. saw some that were probably three and four foot long, and we should have shot them. But I mean, I, I didn't feel like putting that in a boat and no. all. But those things, man, you you latch on to one of them bad boys. Oh lord, and you mercy. can cut your hand wide open. <clears throat> oh we yeah, saw, yeah. So, oh well, well, well listen. We'll get to that in a minute. So we saw that in a minute, plenty yeah. of blue cat, blue cat, which is not you. We don't. I, that's the first that one I've crazy. seen out there. We, did we see normally a bunch. don't see there. So like Corey was saying is the where we were at in Golden Meadow, it's uh primarily cold and meadow, primary salt water, uh, but a little brackish. But that that marsh down there is very salt water, opposed to for a little further north where a lot in Louisiana we have really truly brackish water. Yeah. Lafitte and that Lafitte, kind of area, you right. get a lot of brackish, yep. yeah. Yep. But so that was a big surprise that we saw some catfish down there. And I swear I saw a shoe pick. Yeah, man, that you shoe pick it. was lost. I did. I, I mean, saw it. Look, I've seen a bunch of shoe pick when I was a kid, and I could swear that thing was a shoe pick too because I was got that yep. little rounded yep. tail. It was and not, not a garfish. It was not a redfish. I, mean, we I had, wouldn't even shoot it. I'm, I've got my two bow drawn, and I'm looking yeah. at it. I'm like, what? what? It, I couldn't comprehend it. I'm like, that's that's a shoe pick. What's a shoe pick doing out here? You know, yeah. I ate shoe pick in shoe pick before. In shoe pick, in shoe pick. Yeah. Well, we town. used to eat shoe pick. We used to eat shoe pick when we was a kid. But I used to do a lot of freshwater fishing with my dad. He was a big bass fisherman, and I'll never forget one day we caught a whole bunch of bass. We come over to my papa's house, and we're about to clean them and everything. And so my, my papa is asking us about the trip, and my dad tells him, "Oh yeah, well we caught a couple of shoe pick too, but we threw them back." He, got, my papa, got so 
mad. What you mean you threw them back? Because he used to make these shoe pick patties. These things were absolutely amazing. So ever since then, every time we would catch a shoe pick, we'd always bring it to him. And you got to you gotta clean it a certain way because that's kind of a trash fish. Yeah. But, boy, them things used to be so good. He'd fry them things up. Ooh, we I'd had that since I was a kid. And Corey, would you tell us last night about when you eat shoe pick? You got to do it right away, right? Yeah, you got to eat shoe pick fresh. Yep. Um, you don't want to freeze it. Um, it just turns to mush and kind of falls apart. And 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 even fresh, that's really the reason why you make it into a patty, right? Because it, the the meat will crumble and will fall apart. So you kind of make it into like a like a like a crab patty or something like that. You're doing that with the shoe pick and you fry it and crabby patty, really really good. And a lot of people do that with garfish too, yep. but that's not what we were going after. And garfish, God, they 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 fight and they're hard to clean. And oh just, yeah. They basically so have strong. like chain armor skin or scales. Like it, you, it's not easy to clean. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you have not seen a garfish, go look at a look at a five footer, four yep. or five foot alligator. Alligator gar. gar. And we we kind of skipped over this, but a uh, sheep's head. Go look at a sheep's head, man. Yep. I love them. They sheep. they get that mouthful of teeth that look yep. like human. teeth. I know it's like big old big nasty teeth. So if you don't know, um, a lot of restaurants, a lot of a lot of places use sheephead as lump crab meat. The imitation lump crab meat is yep. sheephead, man. And I tell you what, I've done that before. Um, so sheephead are not the easiest fish to clean. A lot of people don't want them because they're so difficult to clean. But that meat is so great, unbelievable. So what you can do with that, and um, I've done it several times with with sheephead, is you can take the sheephead fillet and put it in a cheesecloth. And you boil some water with some crab boil, and you just blanch it in there for like two minutes, and it now it's like lump crab meat. And then you take that and you make yourself a crab patty or a crab cake with it. Man, so good, mm. really good. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to do that. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, but hey, you want to tell them what we're doing tonight, y'all? So we cleaned. Me and Corey cleaned all that fish today while Tim was cleaning his boat. It's kind of a little team effort. So we took redfish. This is one of my favorites. You take redfish. We call it redfish on the half shell. Because basically what you're doing is you take, you cut half of that meat off, but you leave the scales on one side. And then you kind of butter it up. You season it. You do all kind of stuff. And then you put that on a grill. And it sits on that scaled part or the half shell. And, oh, my lanta. Boy, that stuff's good. And that, my friends, is what yeah. we are doing tonight after this podcast. So, yeah, sorry y'all going to miss out, but we won't. Man, I got to tell y'all, Corey, I told Eric earlier, I really appreciate you guys cleaning the fish, man, because uh, a lot of times I'm stuck with double duty, man, cleaning the boat, cleaning the fish. But that's a nice little thing that I can just well, take care of the boat. And look, and it's really, it's really no big deal. But, you know, when we were finished last night, I didn't realize how nasty <laughs> your boat got. Until this morning when we woke up, we went back to Tim's house so that we can go and, you know, get the ice chest and start cleaning all the fish and everything. And when when we were walking up and me and Corey went looking your boat, dude, there was gradu everywhere. There mm-hmm. was blood from, you know, just bloody decks everywhere from all the fish. Scales, dried scales. slime, blood, everything. Yeah. And boy, if you, you can't let that stuff sit there because if it bakes under the sun, you in trouble. A lot of times I will go directly from fishing you know, and in boat fishing, right? We're doing it at night. We kind of didn't talk on that, but you know, we're we're launching the boat last night around seven o'clock. And we're, yeah, so we're, we left here at five, right around right after five. We yep. get to Golden Meta, Golden six Meta. six thirty ish. Well, yeah. we stopped, got some 
sandwiches and stuff. So yeah, we launched about seven. About seven o'clock, and we what we fished till eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I know that whenever I got home and I laid in the bed, it was two a.m. Yep. Yep. Me too. So that is a good night. I have been many times, especially during the summertime, it gets dark later. I have been many, many times bow fishing where I am pulling the boat out as the sun is coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, fishing all night. Uh, we so, filled that ice chest up pretty quick. We did. We did. Yeah. Sure did. So that was that was a good trip. But so so a lot of times I'm I'm going to clean the boat immediately when we get back because I don't yeah. want that stuff to you know dry up. But we had a plan to do some stuff early, so I just did it this morning. So. Yeah, definitely. But that's a big part of it, you know. Yeah, it's all a team effort. But you know, when we first got out there last night and we went to our first little spot, and Tim was like, "All right, let's go load them up." So we start getting the bows and all ready, and we start coming up to that first little cut of marsh. Dude, it was probably maybe two or three minutes into it. Mike draws his bow, sees a redfish, payow, harpoons him a redfish. I said, boy, this going to be a good night tonight. And then it's like all of a sudden after that, nothing but crickets. Like we ain't seen a fish one. I was like, man, what happened? Yeah. Well, so then we started seeing a couple of sheep's head. So we were like, oh, man, yeah, we yeah, got to shoot sheep head. Let's get them. So we shooting the sheep head. Oh, and that was the other thing I was trying to t- say earlier. The funny thing about the sheep head they're a little different than a redfish. A redfish is more round. A sheephead is kind of taller and skinny, almost like a plate yep. sideways. Yep. And what they'll do is whenever you start to come up on them, they never turn to where the big fat flat part is towards you. Yeah, they never turn broadside. No, they never yep. turn broadside. They turn to where the, the crown or the, the fins are pointing towards you. And that's almost impossible to shoot yeah. because they're not that thick. But and they're very camouflaged in that water. Yeah, and most of them that I saw last night, they were all in a little tuft of grass underneath the thing. Right. Well, they have those stripes, right? So just, yep. I mean, if they're in the grass, the stripes just blend in with blend the grass. Right. Yeah. So we just like, well, I can't wait. I want to see a sheephead. I want to see a little rat red. I want to see anything because we were just begging to see something. Yeah. Saw tons of garfish, tons of stingrays, and I was like, man, I don't know if this is gonna be a great night or not. But then all of a sudden. We pull into this one cut. Well, before, well, before we that. pull oh, in. Oh, before that. Before what I'm missing. we pull in that, we pull into a little pond, and that's when I harpoon oh. probably 30, 40-pound blue cat. Oh, I thought it was like a 100-pound blue cat with about a 24-inch head, 18-foot <laughs> long. No. Or is that for the next episode? He was big. He was probably was 30. Big, I would say he's 30 pounds or yeah, so. Yeah, that was a blue, blue, cat. blue cat. Beautiful. And got him all the way to the boat, and Tim, Tim let him live. <laughs> Tim grabbed, grabbed the arrow and just let him off. I know. Tim, you mess nah. up everything. Man, he was six inches from me, and I swear his that head of that fish was as big as my head. Yeah, yeah. It, it was massive. It was, it was pretty big. Beautiful fish. Just slipped off the arrow. I guess, you know, just didn't. The, the barbs on that arrow kind of bent a little bit. So I think he bent it on that fish or that gar. Or, or the gar, yeah. I don't know if the gar was before that. I think the that. gar was just before that. So, so. so we saw a big red fish. So you can imagine, we, we talked about the depth of the water being six inches, a foot, you know, foot and a half, that kind of thing. So you're going through there with these dual mud motors, these props. Well, they're in the water, but they're stirring up the mud, right? So every time you go through a pond and you circle around once, it becomes chocolate milk and you yeah, can't you really can't see, see, right? So you get out and you got to go to another pond. So we see this big red fish and we make a circle and we go back. And we see a we see a big fish. We're like, that's that redfish. Eric and I both shoot at it. 
just, I mean, you just draw back and shoot because that was a big red fish, and there's the fish. It's a little bit stirred up. You just right. see a big fish. The window's closing. Yeah, so so we both shot at the same time. I hit it, and... So what it, he's saying is he hit it, Eric missed. Yes, definitely. Shot, so. Yes, yeah. I missed. Yeah, A four-foot fish. Yes. Eric missed. 18 inches of rice. <laughs> Basically a tree it in was the water. A, it was a scud and missile. And we're, we're three feet from it. It, yeah. was a, it was a giant scud missile in, in Golden Meadow. And uh, I hit it, and it took off. And so uh, you, there is a reel, right? We talked about the reel and the line going into the bottle, but the reel isn't very strong, right? They, they'll, they'll pull out. Drag is not very high. So I grabbed this Dacron string to try to stop this fish yep and uh, your hands are wet and, and the string is wet he pulled that damn dacron string straight through my hand oh. straight through my fingers i got band-aids on three fingers right now because that dacron rope went straight uh-huh. through my fingers and oh. it hurt like hell. I mean, the, oh poor shatty baby <laughs> yeah those yeah, fish but are I so kept strong on. i kept oh, yeah. on going so we ended up uh pulling it towards the boat and see it's a giant alligator gar and it was probably four feet or so man yep. it, it that thing might have been a little bigger yeah four was big a big one was four a big five one. foot alligator gar and look when you get one of those on on the arrow and that's not what you're looking for and they are a pain in the ass you so the first instinct is and and, and if you know if you've if you're from South Louisiana what are you gonna do when you pull that thing on the side of the boat you grab the 22 and you're just gonna shoot it in the head because Trying to put it in the boat live on an arrow, it just that's just going to be chaos. And can hurt people. I mean, those fish can really can hurt, hurt somebody. Exactly. They got some nasty teeth. So uh, you were driving. You're by the the twenty two, and you got the arrow in your hand. I'm I'm expecting you to shoot it, and then thank the Lord, it just gets off, much like that thirty pound catfish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, get, I was glad yep. this well, thing got common off. denominator. Tim's got it in his hands. Tim's got the arrow in his hand. Oh, yeah, Lord. so about, what, four or five times last night? Uh, you know, it's a, te- it's a team effort out there. So some somebody shoots a fish. That fish takes off. They're trying to reel it in. And as they're getting it, these fish are fighting them most of the time. Um, and as you get them close to the boat, someone it helps if somebody reaches over and grabs the arrow right, and right. brings the fish in the yep. boat. Well, every time I seemed like I did that last night, the fish came off the arrow. So you I just only did it to it. me. Yeah. We're like, Tim, Tim to to get me. away from my arrow, Tim. Stand back, son. But yeah, so stand so, down, soldier. Very fortunate that this garfish got off. Very we did not want to have to nah, deal with that thing. With that thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so ripped my hand open. And, uh, but oh well, you know, it's just shit that happens when, when you hunt yep. fish and whatever. Oh well, yep. you know, we'll keep going. Let's go. Yep. And I was excited and feel it. Right, and I think the highlight of the night was when we finally made it into that last little pond. Yeah. And I was up on the front of the boat. I think you had to go pee. So typically whenever somebody is has to go pee or go get a drink or go get a snack or something like that, that is when the, the fish or the ducks are going to fly or yeah. something's going to happen because you not, you no. don't you're out of it. pee at all costs when bow fishing. Exactly. As soon as you go, that's when the fish are going to yep be, they're gonna you're gonna light them, they're so, gonna light them so up. i was the only one up on the front with a bow in his hand and sure enough here comes a big old red fish so i shoot at it miss it of course because i was i was sucking last night and then as he he just kind of moves over to the other side towards mike and i'm like mike he's right there he's right there well mike was trying to rig up his bow or something i think something was wrong with his 
So he, he was out of it. So I'm trying to reel mine in, throw it back on there. I shoot it again, miss. Corey finally comes up there, starts shooting. Next thing you know, there's like 20 redfish. Uh, it was like 50. It was it was unbelievable. I've never seen that many redfish just in that concentrated they location at get one out of time. Each they, and, they, they, and they would some move of them, five feet. And some of them were literally swimming side by side. Like they were yeah, just tandem. They were yeah, just partners walk, going down the sidewalk. And these weren't school redfish. No. These no. were 25, 27 yep. inches. These yeah. were some big redfish. Like literally, you know, what would you said you had like a 28 inch ice chest? No, it was 32. I think that 120 in, quart. Because, 120 quart. And like they were, yeah, they were, long, yeah. the fish were longer than the damn ice chest. These so things are monsters. We, before that, we might have had five, six, seven fish. Yeah, in right. A boat. That. Yep. We finished our night filling up that 120 quart ice chest, spilling it over, filling up the other water beer ice chest yep. with fish. Yeah. And I think the, the best part about all that is, Mike was clearly the one out of me and you, you know, not not counting Tim because Tim was just driving a boat, but out of me, hey, Corey, and Mike, Mike was clearly the veteran. We were just beginners. But when he started off hot and then all of a sudden he couldn't even, he couldn't even come yeah. close to a fish and I started nailing them every single shot. Like I literally was not missing. I was hitting them one after another after another. Yep. You uh, hit the last five yeah, in a row. I was like, oh, it was shit talking time, son. Because <laughs> Mike was getting so mad. And I was like, don't you worry. So Mike would miss. That fish would come to my side. Bam. Right Great in shot. the head. And I even stoned a couple of them. Boy. Did I just, stone a couple. Like they didn't even fight. They were just like, night, night. See ya. Pull me in the boat. Yeah. And it's fun. You know, when you run into a school of redfish like that, man, and you miss. You're trying to reel that damn arrow back in as fast as you can because you're seeing more redfish and the boat's moving and you want to get your arrow knocked before you, before they're out of sight and shoot again and I missed again and reel it in again and try to shoot more and a lot of excitement going on there all over the boat. Definitely. All over. Yeah, so, man, it was such a good time. You know, we were about to get some, some good table fare, if you will, Tim. <laughs> Go cook some more redfish on a half shell tonight and enjoy that. But, uh, man, really appreciate you coming and hang out with us a little bit, Tim, tonight. Yeah, man. And uh, be on the podcast and talk about the trip. Definitely appreciate you asking us to go out there with you and, and you know, let us have all the fun while you were, <laughs> while you were doing all the dirty work driving the boat. But, man, it, it was fun, and I can't wait to do it again for sure. Yeah, man. We need to lock down another time soon as yeah. You know. Hey, I'm yeah, ready. What y'all doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we're eating redfish on the hatch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But – until the next time, uh, hey, E-Rock, hey, Corey, and hey, Hooper, all of us on TikTok, so go check us out. But until the next podcast episode, say hi to your mom and them for me.